excitement, excitement in the air for today's show. Everybody loves it. Many fans have written me. They do not like that we are taking a summer break. They don't like the change in schedule. I only take that as a compliment. People want me with them all the time. But uh, with peace and love. You know, by the way, I told um, my friend called me. He goes, why are you guys going to be gone this summer? I said, I said, the truth be told, when I did my contract, I I told them I want to. Well, first I told them I'm leaving. If I'm going to be a <laughs> totally transparent. I said, I think I'm. I'm done with my radio career. I think I need more time off. They said, well, what would you do instead of doing 112 shows a year, if you did 100 shows a year, and that would work out, that you could take the summer off? I said, well, that might be interesting. Uh, and then we came up with this plan to keep me on the air. So, um, Anyway, that's how it came about, because someone was saying, well, whoa, 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 wait, you're going to be... I said, well, it's only 12, 12 shows you're missing. So, but a lot was made of it. But what can I tell you? You know, I've been doing this my whole life. How many years am I broadcasting? 40 or 50 years or something crazy? Like maybe 45, somewhere in there. 45 years, I said. Um, I think it's time for me to go. And they go, don't. Don't hang Did it up. Did people forget you were here and, and not ask you to leave? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I said, listen, guys, I love being here, but, uh, you know, I see the hourglass turned upside down and the sand is running out. <laughs> and, uh, no, it so I thought this like was a... Ronnie now. How long yep, do I have well, up? I know how Ronnie feels. You know, my father loved work and he retired at 57. Uh, he, it was a forced retirement. He didn't want to retire. Uh, this always stayed with me. My, my dad loved to go get up and go to work. Tremendous work ethic, as, you know, all of us Stearns have. Well, not all, but some. <laughs> and, all right, me. So uh, <laughs> You inherited that. <laughs> yes, I inherited tremendous work ethic. And, I, you know, there were years in my career I was doing a radio show, a TV show, television specials. Don't ask. I mean, uh, you name it, live performing. You... You know, it's been a very busy career. Put a uh, microphone a there. You'll show up. AGT. You know, I'm doing AGT and the radio show. Movies. Don't ask. You I mean, that. Every, Writing books. Yeah. Well, I've always been a very busy boy. So uh, I did say a serious look. Um, I don't know. I don't know what my life is right now. I'm trying to figure it out. Beth said to me, don't you want to stay on the radio i said i do want to stay on the radio i do like doing the radio show but so anyway i sat down after a long um tedious discussion about my future with who we came with serious oh. and, and you know mostly with jim um you know jim was the ceo back then now jennifer witz is the ceo who i had a long conversation with the other day actually Oh, did you? Yeah, very bright woman, very nice woman. We had a great conversation. I'm very excited about her ideas, and oh, I gave her a bunch. Of, and I and we had a discussion about the future of satellite radio and Pandora and Stitcher, and I have a you lot. Gave of ideas. her information on all the companies. Actually, I had spent a lot of time thinking about it, and uh, yeah, I I did. I I really, you know, I I'll tell you what I told Jennifer. I said. Jennifer, I, I am a, a failure at most things in life. I don't know about anything. But one thing I know about is radio. For some reason, I've always been correct in my career. You're a and savant I, in radio, yes. I'm, a savant, I'm an idiot savant with an <laughs> extra emphasis on the idiot. I mean, I, I left most, out the idiot. <laughs> well, it really is. Um, it's really uncanny, you know. I go back all the way to my days at K-Rock when I would sit there with arguing, arguing about, I said, I have an idea. And they'd say to me, what's your big idea, Howard? You know, with the condescending look. And I'd say, because no matter how successful I was, I was number one, every radio market that, well, actually back then it was just New York. We were number one in New York by a, by a lot, you know, 
Nobody was close. And so I would present my ideas. And one of my ideas, which was met with much ridicule, was uh, the idea of taping one's radio show with a high-quality tape so that when I was on vacation, which was rare back then, but when I was on vacation, they could replay the shows. And they said, well, cassette tapes cost $3 and something cents a cassette tape, and over the course of a year, that's going to cost us X amount of dollars. I said, that's true. I said, but I think there's an innovation that we could have here. I think people would want to hear a rerun or some compilation of reruns when I'm not here. Now, this sounds like an idea that seems quite obvious. They do it in television all the time. They do it in radio now all the time. Now, remember, but as in soon television, as we, they realized for years, we could rerun this stuff. As soon as I said it, then it was two weeks later, Imus had the best of Imus or Imus, uh, you know, whatever it was. But nobody thought to do this. It's weird. But the, I only not that it was such a brilliant idea. It was so much fight. Why would we spend $3 a cassette to tape your show? And I said, think of all the money you could charge sponsors. If I'm not here and you have tape of my show that you could play, take the best moments, call it the best of Stern. Well, they were livid. I mean, uh, fighting tooth and finally, after much negotiating, yes. You know, I said, what is it you need me to do? Do you want me to have another meeting about the?" Finally, they agreed that they would take the show, but they would like the right to um, record over the shows after a certain amount of months. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? They go, well, after we play them once, what if we record over the shows? And I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, guys, would you please trust me that I'm not trying to rob you blind with $3 cassettes, that the cassettes will pay for themselves. Well, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. I said, I guarantee you the cassettes will pay for themselves. And sure enough, they did. And then, I mean, it was constant battles. The next big brouhaha was that I told the company, uh, the radio company, Infinity, I was leaving if they didn't put me on in Los Angeles. You are not going on in Los Angeles over our dead bodies. I said, why? A radio show doesn't work if it's syndicated, especially a morning show. No one had ever thought to really do it. I said, well, they do it in TV. Johnny Carson isn't on just in Los Angeles or just in New York. He's on all over the country. What would be the difference if my show was on in L.A.? It won't work. I said, well, I, I can't sit still. I got to go work for a company that will allow me to spread out. I want to get more fans. You're trying to pull a quick one on us. You're trying to. I said, I, I said, I don't know what you think I'm trying to do. I said, I tell you what, here's what I'll do. Either I'm going to leave here if you don't let me syndicate. But if you let me syndicate, I'll set up a company and all the money I generate from the show I will pay you to put the show on. Will you do it then? No, we don't want that. Because they're all like jealous girlfriends, and they think that you're you're trying to trick them into some kind of menage a trois or something. I don't so, know how they could think that, you know, you were up to something. Like, you're standing right. there telling them what you want to do. Yeah. I said, guys, hear what I'm saying. You know what you pay me? I'll pay you more. I'll set up a company and syndicate this show. I'll do it myself. I'll set up my own company. I'll syndicate the show. You don't have to do anything. And at the end of every month, I'll send you a check. Depending on what I can get for the show. A big, hefty fucking check. And they said, well, pay us every two weeks. Oh. I said, um. Why, you don't like my new company? No, we want the money. Why should you get interest? Now they're arguing over the money. I said, okay. I said, listen, I'm not a businessman, but I'll, I'll do it. And so I went on WYSP in Philadelphia. Show went to number one. 
that was the experiment. They thought then, that would fail. Yeah. Then I, then I was said, okay, I'm going to go on in L.A. I found the station, one of these stations in L.A. I don't remember which one. They had a station, but they wouldn't put you on. No, they would not. <laughs> Infinity would not put me on. They said no. So I said, uh, all right, I found the station in L.A. No, you're not going on in L.A. It worked in Philly, but it won't work in L.A. Well, but I'm going to pay you guys. We don't care. We don't want you on in L.A. I think they were afraid that all of a sudden all hell would break loose and I would leave them or Maybe I don't know what. Maybe you go to L.A. to be a movie star or something. Yeah, yeah. I say, guys, I want to be a movie star. I don't want to leave New York. I just want to be heard in L.A. I can't stand that. There are a bunch of putzes on the fucking radio who I could beat in my sleep. And I'm not there. And L.A. is where it's at. They don't know my name in Los Angeles radio. It's killing me. They go, no, you're not going to L.A. So I convinced them to put me on in Washington, D.C. or something. I couldn't go to L.A. They wouldn't let me. Went on in D.C. We went to number one. I paid them. Now at this point, I think I'm paying them more than they're paying me. <laughs> so they send me a check, and then I send them back a bigger check. Now I've, I realize I'm their boss because I'm paying them more than they're paying me. Well, they let me on in D.C. because they owned the station and they needed help there. And it was a shit station, you know, right, a bad signal. Right. You know, we weren't even in the metro uh, area. So, it wasn't um, even really D.C., you're right. Right. No, it really wasn't. <laughs> so then, um, and then I, I still had to bug up my ass for L.A. So I said, okay, I'm leaving this company. I want to be on in L.A. There's no negotiating. I'm gone. Well, at this point, I'm paying them more money. So the, the forces at Infinity say, all right, you want to go on in L.A., but not on our station. Good luck to you. I said, all right, I'll find the station. And I found the station in two minutes. They put me on. And you know, we went to write the number one pretty much. Yeah. Uh, it was almost instantaneous on radio terms. And what did Infinity do? They bought the radio station. They couldn't stand that. I was beating their ass, so they bought the station. So because they always were at the wrong end of the stick. My point is, I've, I've been out thinking the so-called experts every step of the way in this business. It's the only business I'm, I'm really equipped to say that I'm probably a genius because whatever I do is right. And so, uh, then when, when we went to LA and then now a lot of companies, now I'm paying Infinity Broadcasting, a hefty motherfucking check every two weeks. Two weeks. Not they months. had to be paid two weeks in a, I know, believe a month. I believe so. Maybe, maybe eventually went to a month because it was so much money. I needed wheelbarrows in order to get it into their vault. Uh, it's crazy. Now it's like, oh, okay, I guess the guy was right. And then what happened in the radio industry? Everybody started syndicating by then. Always, yes. This is what we Following do. the lead, yeah. Yeah, now you see in radio, there are guys with mediocre radio shows at best syndicated all over the country. And no offense to these guys, but they have me to thank. So then I said, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I will. Uh, the next big innovation was, there were a couple other innovations between then. I said, but the big trend I saw, I said, I got to get the fuck off this regular radio. It's a dying medium. Satellite's where it's at. And I started way back when XM was the only game in town. I, I, I visited them as they were opening up the first broadcast on XM. I was in Virginia. I went and visited. I paid, I paid um, a visit to uh, the guru, uh, Lee Abrams, over there in uh, Virginia and all their board of executives. And they said, well, hey, Howard, how about coming over here? I said, no, it's too early. I still need to be on regular radio. But this is interesting. I said, in five years, uh, after my next contract, I'm going to come talk to you guys. Because that's when I think it might be ready. Because at that point, they were broadcasting to no one. They weren't in any cars or anything. I wasn't willing to do it. It would, it would just be too slow a buildup. Uh, and I didn't like, I wasn't too choked up with the people at XM, except for Lee. I like Lee. But I wasn't choked up with their board of directors. I didn't like the whole vibe. Something gave me a cold feeling. But I knew I had to get out of regular radio. The government was breathing down my ass. It was it was ridiculous. It was just you know it, it was too it was too insane. 
I waited my uh, I waited a couple of years. Sirius came into play, and then there were two players in satellite, and I met with both of them. And not to bore you with it, but um, I said to XM, "Whoever uh, hires me, you will uh, you will be the winner." And they looked at me like I was being an asshole. This guy's all full of himself, and they told me, "Ha ha ha." Fuck you. Sirius is nothing. Sirius blows. They can't, they don't even have 300,000 subscribers. We're beating the shit out of them. We already have a million subscribers. You know, uh, giving me, they, they, like, it's just bullshit. So then I went, oh, I, I knocked on Sirius's door. Actually, I didn't even knock on Sirius's door. They knocked on mine and they said, What are you doing? And I said, I don't know. I'm thinking about satellite, but uh, come with us. Let's do a deal. That's it. I like their attitude. I like Scott Greenstein. I liked Leon Black with the time owned it. I liked um I liked everyone involved, actually. They were just nice people. They seemed fine. I said, okay, I'm in. Let's do it. This is the future. We you, you the, the regular radio's got too many fucking commercials, too much bullshit, too much government FCC. regulation. Yeah. I said, with our first goal is to get people to put radios in their car. Leave that to me. That's my assignment. And we went all hell out. And sure enough, you know, all of my buddies over at the regular radio, like Les Moonves, and telling me how I was going to fail. Satellite radio is bullshit. I knew they knew nothing. They knew nothing. Well, they, They're they like took flies out on my ads head. to tell you you were going to yeah. fail. <laughs> right. I was going to fail. Bye, Howard. No more of you. Right. So it's been a long, long career. And I thought to myself, well, I've been right. I think there's more to be done in terms of the future of satellite. And I did share my ideas with uh, Jennifer. She liked them, I think. And um, I didn't articulate all of them. I just talked about my excitement and stuff. But uh, the, the, the truth was when this last contract was up, I took a look at my life and I was like, well, okay, maybe it's uh, time. But when they came up with this plan of um, instead of doing 112 shows a year, do 100, I thought, okay, I could do that. And I can still be connected to my fans and we can still give you some of the best radio around. I happen to believe we still do the best radio around. I've listened to the other stuff. It ain't that great. It's not that we're that good. It's just they're not that great. Oh, take it easy. I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to pat us on the back too much. <laughs> so anyway, that's how. So uh, for those of you who have written me, I, I know I'm. I'm. I'm sorry. You want more shows, but we have. Has um, there been an outcry? Are people really angry? No, no. Most just, people were like, "We get it. Yeah. We just want you to stay on the air." Okay. Um, but um, it's sweet, actually. Thank you for saying that. But um. You know, but I still am convinced it was a no-brainer coming here. You know, everyone said it would be suicide to leave terrestrial radio. I remember Jay Leno did a monologue, Howard Stern, who he's going away, blah blah blah. Uh, and now it's Jay Leno, who Jay Leno, who is right? <laughs> they all come and go. They all come and go. But in any case, um, Yes, yeah, so in order to stay in, I, I said to them, if you knock off 12 shows a year, I'll be okay. So, we're, we're, so you know, that's, uh, that's the bottom line, and that's how that all came about. But um, let's go to Trisha in New York who wants to say good morning. Hi, Trish. Hey, Howard. How are you? Hi, baby. Hey, now. Okay, hey now. so the reason I'm hey calling now. is to, I want, hey, now. I wanted hey now. to call about Family hey Feud. <laughs> and um, I also just wanted to say, have a great summer. I work at a school. I'm up for the summer. I feel great. We work hard. We deserve it. So no complaints on that department. And just keep uh, bringing us some of the. Uh, yeah, well, the we'll classes. see what happens. Yeah, certain thousand. Yeah, I saw Bill Maher. Also, uh, Said goodbye. He did his last show before his summer I think break. he just takes off the month of July. Yeah, That's what off. I thought he said. That's what he said. And um, But I wrote a complaint letter to HBO. I said, uh, did you? Stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, listen, I, like, I like the Bill Maher show. I watch it all the time. And I am upset I do that too. I am upset that he's not on in the month of July. But I, It bothers I didn't me, too. Letter. You know, you're absolutely right. I'm like, oh, first... 
it was Saturday Night Live. They take way too much time off. They're, <laughs> they they haven't. Uh, they should not take summers off. They they should <laughs> That's be. That's right. But uh, they take too much time. Right. In fact, everybody takes and too much time off, but hard. us. <laughs> I can tell you that we do four-hour shows, and we do. Uh, I forgot we added up the amount of hours we do, but you know, listen. If people want more of you, it means you're still good. That's so, right. um, correct. Anyway, Trisha, what can I do for you? What's on your mind? Okay, okay. So, Family Feud. I have been watching this Steve Harvey. He's just amazing. It, I, I agree with you on all points, but I yeah. also agree on who they're polling. I mean, I watched one. I was, I was asking the guys to maybe find it because I'm not that savvy with the computer, but it was an episode where they said, and it's usually you know, predominantly a black family against the white family. Not always. And I don't want to yeah. go there, but what would you, you do? You're right, though. I noticed that, too. A lot of times right. it's um, a black okay. family against a white family. Right. Um, and, you know, makes for great TV. So the question <laughs> was, what would you do if somebody stole your parking spot? And... Thank you. And five of the, uh, so what would you do if someone stole your parking spot? Black family wins with, I would give them the finger, you know, or something. And then the next four answers from the winning, from their side were misdemeanors or felonies. It was, uh, key your car, crash into your car, break you. I think somebody was hitting somebody. Grandma came up with, I'll hit them with my cane. And all four were up there. You're kidding. So Hit it with my cane yeah. was up there. <laughs> well, Trisha actually makes a legitimate point. I don't know who the... They always say we surveyed 100 people, uh, and uh, we asked them, what would you do if somebody took your parking spot? The answers are so insane <laughs> that it is impossible to actually run the board. You have to You have to actually give up control to the other family and let them just lose. That's the right. strategy Ooh, of the yeah. game. Yeah. I know how to play Family Feud. <laughs> Well, you know, she makes a point, too, because I remember the old family feud. And I would always say the black family is going to lose because they only poll white people. And so the top five answers on the board or whatever they say were always things that, you know, maybe the black family could get one or two, but they weren't getting all of them because <laughs> yeah. they didn't know about this lifestyle they were listening to. Right. Yeah, I mean, so I, now I, I think they'd they only go to a, you know, like a black mall. You know, I never thought, I never thought about that. So you're, so you're advocating, Trish, that Steve should say, listen, we, we, we surveyed 100 black people. No, 87 black people <laughs> or and, and, convicts or, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, uh, give us a profile of the audience they surveyed. All right. Well, maybe you got a point there. I don't know. Yeah. But. I'm surprised shoot them wasn't up there on the board for stealing your parking space. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, gee, I never considered the race of people that they uh, survey. I never. I guess. I guess I really never thought about that. But um, I always thought about it with the the previous incarnation of the show. That yeah, black people don't do well on this show. But um, that they one thing about feud I noticed they are inclusive. They have all types of families now playing. Yeah, now. Now. now, now it's diverse. It wasn't always yeah. that diverse. Yeah, but um, it's almost impossible to run the board. But we are not going to go. I listen. I've discussed this with Robin ad nauseum. It was very nice of ABC to invite us on Family Feud. They know I love the show, and my wife and I are so intrigued with the show. <laughs> we play here at home, but. Um, we we both agree. My my wife for sure. We are not going on. We will not be made <laughs> fools of on national television. And when I played high pitch Eric the other day, and he actually beat me on one answer, that was it. I am not gonna, not gonna do it. I Hi, I stopped Daddy. liking Family Feud for a long time when Richard Dawson is he still alive? Richard Dawson. I don't think so. I don't think so. He was the host for a while. I didn't like it. He made it all about himself. He was kissing the contestants. That was his big thing. He'd kiss every woman and carry on. I was thinking the other day, if Richard Dawson was hosting Family Feud, would he kiss trans women? I think that he would have been told he can't kiss anybody anymore right. in this this day and age. 
Because who he knows was, if all those women wanted to be kissed? That was a horny motherfucker. I mean, <laughs> you should have seen what he was kissing. But it was all, you know, hello, darling. You know, he was Give like, us a kiss. I, <laughs> and I think he thought he was like W.C. Fields. He'd even do W.C. Fields movement. I mean, the guy was too much stick. I don't like. Listen, yeah. I've been asked to host these game shows. If I did it, you'd be shocked. I would be all business. No fucking around, no joking around. Maybe a little bit of patter, but I get right to the game. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want nonsense on game shows. That's why I like Steve Harvey. He does a little nonsense, sometimes a little too much, but for he the has most a part. Stick. He's got stick, but <laughs> he's good. He's a likable guy, number one. Number two, he's genuinely funny. Number and, three, and he seems to like people. He seems to be enjoying yeah. himself. But the looking, most important, uh, down on these people. <laughs> but he, but the, yeah, right. He enjoys them. But the most important thing about the show, he keeps it moving. That's why yeah. I like him. And I told him that I called. And him. I do like it when it goes. You go from one to the other of these stupid answers. That's fun. <laughs> I called Steve Harvey. Believe it or not, I never told you this. I called him up. I said, I'm calling you for a reason. He goes, what is it, Howard? I said, Steve, I want to compliment you. He goes, really? I go, that's right. You are hosting a game show with no nonsense. And I like that. He goes, really? I go, yes. Okay, a little pat or a little stick, but you keep the show moving. Good job. Great job. You're doing great. I wanted to compliment you on how well you're doing because I'm a fan of the show, but I'm also a fan of game shows. Game shows, I've always watched them and I love them. You're really great at it. You. And, you and I think he appreciated good. it. I'm sure he did. Why wouldn't he? I mean, this, I said to him, this Richard Dawson, I said, he was making out with the women. It turned me off. I said, what is he? There, there was one show I watched with Richard Dawson, I think. He checked one of the women for breast cancer uh, at some point. I mean, you know, don't they never ask what got he was... to the game. It was just ridiculous. He wasn't <laughs> squeezing anybody's balls. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, I know. You know, it's by just the crazy. way. You know, I meant to say to you, they are still testing people for Jeopardy. They got to stop that, by the way. I, I'm Last out of it. Last week, I tune in, and, and what's the, Savannah Guthrie's? And she did a great job. I'm like, they can right. stop at her. Well, maybe they see the ratings are good by having different hosts. Who knows what they're doing? Merv Griffin's probably rolling know. over in his grave. And every time you tune in, there's um, a different person there. I know it's getting embarrassing, because I saw some article I was reading that LeVar Burton, who had hosted for a while and evidently was very good, he uh, he said, I was born to be the host, something like this. I was born to be the host of uh, Jeopardy. I go, whoa, really? But well, he's really throwing his hat <laughs> yeah, in the God room. knows Jeopardy. <laughs> right. By the way, just on this topic of family feud, because I have a lot to get to this. You know, we have a lot to get to before the summer. Um, Richard Dawson was the host. And then, okay, let's see how good you are, Rob. And I'll give you a quiz. Okay. I don't there know. Were, there were six hosts. The Family Feud before Steve before Harvey. Before Dawson or after Dawson? After Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson was the first host of Family Feud. Who came I second? I don't know. Look at you. And you call yourself a fan of the feud. <laughs> I didn't call I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. I'm, when I tell I'm you the answer, you're, the feud. <laughs> you're gonna kick yourself in the head. Wait a minute. Let me think about it since you're going to go there. All right. Richard Dawson was first. Second home. Family Feud. That's right. It, was it a typical game show person? It was a guy you probably never heard of before, but he was, uh, it turned out he was an announcer type. He was, uh, I'll tell you the name. You're not going to think of it. All right. His name was Ray Combs. Ray Combs. Didn't something terrible happen to him? Something terrible happens to everybody. We all no, it died. Did. It did. What happened? He, um, he committed suicide. You're kidding. After they let him go from the feud? Yeah, he hung himself. Oh, my That was God. after he'd been in a 72-hour psychiatric ob observation. Yeah, that's wow. why I didn't want to remember him, Howard. Don't bring up that. <laughs> Ray Combs, and um, rest in peace, Ray, uh, 
was better than Richard Dawson. Because yes. I had, Ray Combs brought me back to the feud. Now, I here's, think we even talked to Ray Combs at one time. We did. We did. We said, don't kill yourself, Ray. <laughs> it's one thing. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Say. Who was the third host? You're not going to get it. After I'll tell you. Ray Combs killed himself. Did it I was watch the feud for a while. A lot oh, of people dear. probably turned the job down thinking it was jinxed, but it was <laughs> Louis Anderson. Does that ring a bell? Yes, I remember Louis doing yeah. it. And then it was a guy named Richard Carn. I didn't watch Richard Carn. And then it was John O'Hurley. Remember John O'Hurley, the actor? Yeah, he and wound up on he, Dancing with the Stars or something. Right. And Steve, then Steve Harvey. Steve's the longest serving host of uh, Feud, even longer than Richard Dawson. Is that right? There you go. That's right. I know I know about game shows. I, I got my PhD. like the biggest family feud fan. I would watch it from time to time. So my I, goal But I remember Ray having a bad end. That's what I remember. My dream in life. My dream in life was to host a game show. And but I saw it but as do unobtainable. You think family feud drove him to these no. desperate acts. He must have been a disturbed guy. Listen. I don't know what goes on in that game. Well, think about it. I mean, yeah, hosting a game show, and then for some reason it goes away. And then, who knows, maybe he couldn't find work. I don't know. But I, when I was a little boy, I was like, man, hosting again. When I saw Gene Rayburn host the match game, I said, I don't think there's a better life than being the host of the match game. It, I, he looks like he's having so much fun. He had that big, a long... Blast. He had that big, long microphone. He'd shove it in people's Well, it places. wasn't big. It was skinny. It was it skinny. It was so skinny. Oh, it was, it was super so long. different from every other mic. Yeah. No, no, it was way different. It was long and skinny, and I was jealous because it looked like a wand, and I said, you know what? I wouldn't have to get near anybody even with that job. I could just put the <laughs> microphone in their face. I need that in real life. I didn't want to get germs. <laughs> but, um, no, I love, 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 love bat. Match Game. Gene Rayburn. Oh, and Brett Summers. And I, I knew the whole lineup. I used to watch it every day after school. I Charles Nelson Riley. Yeah. Well, persnickety, I go, hmm. Mom, you think Charles Nelson Riley? He seems different. What is it? <laughs> she go, what's wrong with you? He's a frangler. I go, he, he is? Sure. I go, I, how do you know that? <laughs> She thought I was nuts, but I didn't know he was gay. Weren't you a little boy? I was a little boy. Oh, she had a... When I said to her, Mom, why is it that Liberace can't find a wife? Because he'd come on TV and say, You know, you know, Mike. Mike Douglas show, he was always on. He goes, You know, Mike, I've looked far and wide, and you know I'm on tour, and I meet a lot of beautiful young ladies. But I just can't find the right one. And Mike would go, I'm, Mike didn't seem to know. He'd go, Lee, it seems crazy to me you, you know, that you can't find a wife. I tell you, Mike, no matter how many women I meet. And he's sitting there in a big fur coat. And, and I'm so busy. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm busy. It's hard to hold down a relationship, Mike. <laughs> and I, I said to my mother, Mom, you know, Mom. Why can't Liberace? He seems like such a great guy. <laughs> when she told me he was gay and what gay was, I was like, you're kidding me. Liberace? <laughs> I have no gaydar whatsoever. None. I mean, my mother was like shocked how little gaydar I had. I couldn't tell well, that Paul Lynn, Charles Nelson Riley, and Liberace were gay. I just noticing, like, some people were a little funny, weird, you know, like they didn't act quite like the sex they were assigned. Yeah, I was weirded out when I saw the movie Bye Bye Birdie. I remember I went to Radio City Music Hall to see it, and uh, I was a kid, and um, and Paul Lind was the father in the movie. He, played, he was the yeah. father of the whole family, and he goes, kids, what's the <laughs> matter with kids today? Kids. What's the matter with these kids today? And I go, he seems like no dad I've ever met. I didn't understand what was going on, but I went, right. yeah, no gaydar. But it's a child you're not supposed to have gaydar. 
I know. Well, no. listen, to this day, I, don't, I didn't even know Ralph was gay. Ralph, what? hi, you're on the air. Yeah. <laughs> People always say to me, Ralph is gay, and Ralph told me he's not gay, so I believe him. And everyone tells me I'm crazy. Gay now. Gay now. <laughs> Are you right? gay now? <laughs> you're straight, right? Very, very. Come on. Hello. Uh, Damn, this I is told just you. like high pitch Eric. It's been a question for no. what seems like since Everyone, everyone oh, always says to me, Howard, Ralph, you met him, he was doing your hair. He does your makeup. He buys your clothes. He loves fabric and loves shopping. If you, you couldn't tell Paul Lynn Liber that you, Ralph, and then I go, listen, Ralph is one of my closest friends. He would tell me if he was gay. Howard. Listen, Ralph came to my house, and I yeah. was giving him a tour of the house. We were supposed to go to dinner and a movie, right? Right. He took so long rubbing every fabric <laughs> <laughs> and complimenting on every curve. Well, I don't know. I mean, we hardly maybe- got to dinner. Well, Ralph, I said, Ralph, I said to Ralph, me around that house for two hours. I wanted to get out of here. I couldn't get you out. (laughs) I said to Ralph, I said to Ralph, Ralph, how is it you've never been married? And he goes, listen, it's very hard to find the right woman. I'm on (laughs) tour with you. (laughs) I can't find find the right woman with a penis. (laughs) Although, yeah. Yes. I'll give you a definitive answer uh, next Monday. On what? Uh, uh, you know what? I will do a show hey, next Bo Monday. If I, okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I said that I would uh, be gone for uh, till September. Um, if Ralph does, if Ralph agrees to tell me his true sexuality on Monday, I will do the show. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Hey, listen, you said something yesterday. I guess he was kidding. Yeah, tune in Monday and see if I'm here. Yeah, it's like the end of The Sopranos. Who knows? Um, You said something yesterday that sort of bummed me out, that you said you have tremendous regret in your life. Yeah. And over what, I mean, listen, everybody could have done things different, but you've got so much to be proud of. I mean, and the stuff that you just ran down. I mean, you struggled, you pioneered, you innovated, you changed media, not just radio. I mean, the way people talk on TV now. I mean, I've been around for a while. It's completely different. You, you, you've entertained so many people, changed things. You've got a beautiful wife, inside and out, three great kids. I mean, what are you sitting around bumming out for? Be happy. Well, you can't tell someone who is a uh, a depressed type person to be happy. It's impossible. It's, it's, it's like a chemical thing. And it's not that I'm, I, I am a happy person. Don't get me wrong. Although, uh, I spent last night writing about 20 pages about death. In the, your um, journal? Yeah, yeah. Whatever you want to call it. And, um, <laughs> did you take with your fountain pen? You wrote about death. I did. I wrote about death and people who don't get to realize their dreams in life because they die too young. But, um, wow. It was lovely. It was just a uh, beautiful, beautiful piece. I just, uh, you know, if you've got a thought and you first have to fill your fountain pen before yeah. you can write. <laughs> well, I didn't know where it was going. The fountain pen was out of ink. <laughs> but, I'm, but, but, but my point is, yes, of course I have regrets. I feel that my childhood would have been a lot different. And I wasted a lot of time in life. Wait a minute! Um, you couldn't determine what your childhood was going no, to be like. No, I wish I had. Yeah, that's a, the, I wish I had had uh, my brain that I have now when I was a child, so I could parent myself and really uh, take advantage of the time I had on the planet. I think. Do you I realize could've... how ridiculous that sounds? That's my regret. Yeah. It doesn't matter that it's ridiculous. It's a thought that I wasted time in my life, and it kills me were, that I wasted time. First of all, there's a reason for childhood. Mm. If I, you're not supposed you. to know how to when parent did, yourself. If and I had that time back, I would be. I would be. I would study Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. I would be enrolled in a music program. I would be no, doing wouldn't. art full time. Yes, this is my you regret. You would not. You would yeah, be the same Howard Stern that came out of the womb of Ray Stern. <laughs> and she would have carried you around and gotten you whatever she got you. 
And you would have made whatever you made out of it. I started working at, uh, I don't know, 14, 15. Yeah, and then right out of college you had a job. I mean, so where did you waste time? Yeah, I wasted time. He wasted his a childhood, of, Ralph. Right. A lot of sitting around. <laughs> I, I could have been more productive. I could have been more productive. Yeah, but and, who knows where that would have taken you. I mean, stop it. Being silly. It's my feeling. Does your psychiatrist actually listen to you when you say things like that? Nope. Doesn't listen to anything. He says, you're wasting time. Let's get down and work. <laughs> Thank goodness, because that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Now I would have been my... a different child if I knew what I know now. So I wasted all that time. Wasted you didn't waste time. anything. You've made the most out of what you got. And I would have been a, a good student. I would have learned more. But um, <sighs> I was and so I was so beaten down and told I was a moron. For so long that it took me a long time to get over it. You know, when I was in high school, I couldn't talk in class at all. And I told you, a teacher threatened to flunk me. She said, you are not going to graduate your senior year because you won't talk in my class. I've asked you to speak and you will not do it. And I said, I am incapable of doing it. She didn't give a fuck what I'd been through in my life and what I had seen. That's right. Uh, she didn't care to ask. She just said to me, the only way I'll pass you is if you come up with a project and, and get a, get an A, which is highly doubtful. I don't give out A's. But, of course, I did come up with a project and got an A, and I graduated. But uh, let but me tell you. But you're only thinking like this because you've had so much success now, and you and you're doing everything, and now you're looking back and saying, "I wish." I have regrets. Discovered interest well, that he didn't know he had, and right. that he's good at. It's too late. Yeah, you're like art. You're great at art. A, a great, great, amazing. It's a, just amazing the time and effort and what you've put out of it. And maybe if you had got another path, you wouldn't be have the time. Maybe to you're be able right, Ralph. Who knows? All right, listen. We have. Uh, <laughs> A lot to get to. In fact, regretting that you didn't spend more time working and studying as a kid. Be happy. Listen, you know, I'll tell you a story. When I signed on to do that, America's Got Talent, I was, I was, I was happy to do it. Don't get me wrong, but I think it was like somewhere, like in the you know the last season, I did it. Oh yeah, you I was sitting there. there. Yeah, I was sitting there, <laughs> Ralph, and I was. That. They were setting up. A, uh, a an act that I was going to review and judge. It was a water skiing squirrel. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, it was a it was squirrel. a live squirrel yeah. that actually yeah. had been trained. A very difficult task to train a squirrel, uh, but had been trained to get on water skis and and go around uh, the water. And so, evidently, it was a very uh, difficult setup. And I'm sitting there, and I'm watching my watch as the minutes tick away of my life. And I'm sitting there next to Heidi, Howie, and Mel B. Delightful people for sure. Uh, but I guess uh, the conversation um, was light that day. There was shtick, there was carrying on, but I was feeling grumpy. And I look over again and the sun is starting to set and they're saying, oh my God, we're fighting the sun, we're fighting the sun it's going down. We got to get the squirrel up on the skis. And I, and it was in that moment, I remember it like it was yesterday. In that moment, I thought, this is insane. What am I doing? What am I doing? Why I'm me? waiting for a squirrel. I'm waiting on a squirrel who really doesn't want to be on the water. No squirrel wants to be on the water. They're an enemy. The enemy of the squirrel is water. If you study it. I had plenty of time to. Yeah, we're we're torturing a squirrel on national television. Who does it? He wants to go collect nuts and whatever a fucking squirrel does. They never go in the water. Never, never. And it was during you know when I saw this water skiing squirrel, I said, "There, that's me. That's me. I'm a squirrel trying to water ski, and it's a waste of time." I'm wasting my time here. And I, I told him, you, you, could, you could go get your Simon Cowell, get anyone you want, sit there. Let them sit here with these three. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm going to tell you what I did, lest I ever forget this lesson. 
I got an autographed picture of that skiing squirrel, and I held it in my archive. I have it. Because I, I, I'm going to hang it up on a wall. Because whenever I find myself wasting time again, I'm going to look at that water skiing squirrel and say, you see, the time is running out. Have you Don't put it up there yet? Where is that? You, you want to know the truth? It is hanging up. You know, that's all you need to motivate yourself. <laughs> I didn't. I listen. I haven't. Uh, I, I wasn't in those buildings in nine eleven, but I sat and watched a squirrel ski, and they couldn't get it set up. And I'll tell you what: compared to the people who died that day, that's nothing to complain about. I know. Compared to the people who died from COVID, it's nothing to complain about. But I said to myself, I've got only so much time on Earth. And I'm sitting here because they can't get the they can't force the squirrel into the fucking ski or whatever the problem is. The camera work, whatever it is, what? It was the greatest thing because there's like 500 people running around about this squirrel like it's the most important thing in the world. It's a stupid squirrel on a ski. All right, all right. Uh, Thank you, Ralph. By the way, Ralph did an analysis of everybody's refrigerator. I'm going to try and squeeze that in today. If we don't get to it today, it was some other day. But but okay, oh. Ralphie, thank you. Thank you. Hey, and I'll be here Monday. If you oh ooh. oh, you cut him off. I cut him. He always goes. Oh, right, there. I know. He's right. saying one more thing. One more. One more thing. One more thing. Call back if you got one more thing. If it's that good. I. Uh, I put him on the other day. You know, sometimes Ralph, you don't know what he's going to say. I put him. On, I, I was interviewing the ladies of Friends. They were interesting. They were telling stories. Ralph, every minute was calling, and I said, "Gee, he must have really something good to say." I put him on. He goes, oh, "I love Monica the best." <laughs> I got, I got, Monica's that's my favorite. What, yeah, yeah, Monica's my favorite. <laughs> Everyone could say to me, "What's with Ralph?" Like you put him on, and he, Monica was the best. Who asked you who is the best? I'll never forget that squirrel. wonder how he is and how he's doing. Oh, I'm sure he's dead now. I wonder. Maybe he drowned. (laughs) (laughs) The squirrel was communicating with me. Yeah. What is that, Sal? The squirrel was communicating with me. Yeah, that's what I thought. I locked eyes and communicated with a squirrel. How come he can't teach a squirrel a trick? Who's He's Sal? Communicating. You know, this Sal, let me give you a couple of updates. I know there's a lot of people on our phone, and I promise you I'll get to you. I just, uh, you got to give me a minute here because there's so many good things to tell you about. But one of them was Sal. and I'm the perfect idiot. Um, I'll give you a little, let, let, let me start the, let me start the discussion with, um, a couple of things about what's going on here staff wise. Everyone knows Sal. Okay. Um, so last summer, Sal told us he was pulling a three. This just occurred to us the other day when we were talking to Sal about his, like, how did you go to college? What was your history with college? Cause he, you know, he said his, his lack of knowledge of history of math, of, of every, every what subject. What school is, would have accepted him? How did he get in? Right. <laughs> and we kind of got, we went down the rabbit hole with him about college and all this. And, and so we started to dissect this. And this is the great thing about this show. Last summer, Sal told us he was pulling a 3.9 in college before he dropped out. A 3.9. Wow. He claimed he was studying to be an x-ray technician. Let me, uh, let me, let me refresh your memory with that. Okay. This is Sal telling us, let me see if I can find this. Uh, No, I don't see the tape anywhere. Priority, first column. Oh, here he is. Okay. Did you uh, graduate from a community college? Uh, what is, what's the, um, uh, no, <laughs> I don't think I did. Work? What were you going for, Sal? I was, I was going to become, uh, I told, an, an x-ray it's going technologist. going to get out of the house. And yeah, an, pretty much. Weren't you trying you to be an anesthesiologist? Be an, an, x-ray, an x-ray what? Some people say technician. It's x-ray technologist. And I was interning in Riverhead uh, at the hospital there. And um, 
I was going to school for that. I was a science major. I, I did well, like in anatomy and phys. I, I pulled like a three nine in in school. A thirty nine, okay. I believe that. You got a thirty nine point nine test. A three nine. So what happened? What, how come you left? I went into sales. I became a stockbroker. Uh, the opportunity yeah. was better. So and yeah. that was it. By the way, for those of you who don't know, a 3-9 is out of a 4-0. So, in other words, you're talking about the creme de la creme of his college. You're uh, talking about acing every test, yeah. That's right. And what and what were the two classes he said, like biology and... Uh, phys ed. No, no, it was... Uh, no, physiology. Uh, physiology and what? Anatomy and physiology. Anatomy and Anatomy, yeah. yeah. All right. So, we none of us believe him. So we got in touch with Suffolk Community College, and don't ask how. And we got his records. Sal attended Suffolk Community College from the spring of 1989 to the fall of 1992, with no classes taken in 1991. This is the true academic record of Sal. Okay. No classes in 19... So he missed a year, okay? Wait a minute. Isn't community college usually two years? How All I know is he, go? he stretched it out as far as you can stretch it out. I, you know, eighty nine to win. Nineteen the spring of nineteen eighty nine to the fall of nineteen ninety two. Oh my goodness! <laughs> right. Okay. In the spring of nineteen eighty nine, Sal Sal whatever his name is Sal failed two classes. What were the two classes he failed? I'll tell you. Aerobic dancing. And reading in the content areas. What? Now, I said to someone, at least he took one course that had the word reading in it. You know. <laughs> but if a, aerobic but dancing. <laughs> yes. Aerobic dancing, he failed. I don't know how you fail aerobic dancing. You got to be a complete idiot. And reading in the content areas. He failed. Two of his classes just gave grades of satisfactory. Those two classes were developmental writing and developmental mathematical skills. So, Uh-oh. that yeah. sounds like um, you really didn't learn writing and math in high school. So we're giving you a remedial course. All right. So far, I don't see any evidence of a three point nine. Okay. In the fall of nineteen eighty nine, Sal only took two classes. I don't know who got. I, I remember taking like sixteen classes. In How do you call of, this going to school? <laughs> exactly. In the fall of 1989, Sal only took two classes and didn't pass either of them. He received a D-plus in anatomy and unsatisfactory in algebra one and finished the semester with a 0.0 grade point average. And he said he did well in anatomy. How could he just, that was just zero, a lie. Zero point Zero. <laughs> Can you imagine a zero? How do Why you get a zero? Why even show up if that's how you're going to do? 